Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Influence. Hi, Joss. Hi, Jen. How are you? I'm really well. How are you? I'm well, too. Um, I have no more meetings today, so I am really, really excited. This is my work day's over. (laughs) I mean, fair enough. Fair enough. Joss, we... Okay, this is our first time having a reoccurring guest, and I'm really, really excited for it because I could not pick another guest for our first reoccurring guest from season one. Um, Joss, do you want to introduce our guest or reintroduce our guest for this week? Yes, and I will say for anyone that has somehow clicked this episode and didn't read the title, um, (laughs) this guest, we we were just telling them before we started recording that Probably three months after their episode released back in September, we like anytime Jen and I are planning a podcast episode, we're like, we need to bring this person back. We need to bring this person back. And we've just been waiting for the right time. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, I'm so excited. Um, we are so excited to bring back Stephanie O'Mahony, who is now the VP of Wealth Management at Willow, Canada's premier real estate investing platform. You may remember her from our, like I said, September episode, um, Five Tips to Investing, but Stephanie is passionate about breaking down barriers and challenging the status quo in the financial services industry. Hi, Steph. How are you? Thank you both so much for having me back. It is such a pleasure. I literally jumped up and down when I got your email. (laughs) I'm excited to be back and chat again. I feel like if we had, like, if if we were like a TV show, if we were like the news and we had a segment for finance questions, we'd be like, and now rolling to Steph for our finance questions, because that's how I feel like you are to our podcast. I love that. Like, I think my professional goal is to be like your best friend that you can ask financial questions to. Uh, so if you guys ever do launch a news channel, hit me up. I'm there for that. Oh, no, we're going to be like the breakfast television of podcasts. And then we're going to just have you on as the financial expert. It's fine. Amazing. <laughs> love that for us. So we wanted to talk about navigating the roller coaster of investing in 2022. So Steph did an awesome job in our last episode with her about, you know, telling us all about investing, simple steps, kind of any of that, you know, first time or information that we should know. I learned so much from that, from that episode. So if you haven't listened to it, maybe go back after this one and listen to that one because I thought it was very, very helpful. But now we're in 2022 and, and you know, a lot has changed since we last recorded. So Steph, I know you switched jobs as part of that. Um, so you're mm-hmm. now at Willow instead of being at Wealth, uh, Wealth Simple. Um, but tell us about, you know, what's happened since we last talked to you, why the job switch, what's yeah. happening with investing right now? Yeah, it's I, I think we were talking about this before, you know, this timing couldn't be better. Because when we spoke last, you know, we we're still the markets were still in this crazy boom following COVID, which nobody really expected. And now this year, you know, the first four months of this year, were the worst, you know, four months to start um, any year since 1939 in the stock market. Generally, when I say the stock market, um, I say the S&P 500, which is the basically the 500 of the largest companies in the U.S., therefore the world. So that's what a lot of people see as the pulse. So this year has been a really difficult year in cryptocurrency, in stock market, really 
any asset class has had a tough time this year. And so I think now is a great time to, you know, reset, talk a little bit about what was so hyped up last year and in 2020 with all of the crazy, you know, retail trading and doing like NFTs, cryptocurrency, a really exciting time. But now things have gotten a little shakier. Like it's a good time to go back to basics. Um, where I come into this now at Willow. So I used to work with Well Simple, like you mentioned, and that was really to bring the best financial tools to the general public. You know, how could everybody invest like a millionaire? And so when Willow approached me, I thought this is interesting because this is kind of like doing that, but with the real estate market. So this is bringing, you know, the most exciting, I think, an inaccessible asset class in Canada to the average person. Lots of people that do what we do as well in the US. I know we have some American listeners, but overall it's it's the same mission. You know, I'm passionate about making sure that everybody has the same financial tools if you have a hundred dollars or a million dollars in your bank account. And so this felt like a really good way to pivot into a different type of space and hopefully bring a different offering to, you know, just regular people that are interested in buying more real estate. I, okay, so a lot has changed in my life as well since we last recorded the episode. I am now looking for my first home with my husband, mm. um, which is incredibly scary. Um, I was, I've told people, I'm like, I still feel like I'm 19 years old. I don't know how we got here, um, but it's fine. Um, and, you know, the market, at least in the States, is not great. Um, it, you know, it, I think it's, it's getting back to where it was, but you know, interest rates are super high still. Um, mm. you know, listing prices are super high. They're getting sold. Like places are being sold for almost like two to 300,000 more than what they're listed for. Um, I would love to know, and I know it's different in the States and in Canada, mm. but in your experience, um, have you seen a change in the market? Um, this past year? And, you know, would you suggest now's a good time or is there ever a good time? Is it really just like, if you have the means to invest, just do it? Um, or should people wait? This is quite literally the million dollar question with any type of investment. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter what it is, real estate, stock market. The question is always, you know, is now the best time or am I hanging on for something better? And the reality is that nobody can predict what the next few years are going to hold. So if you're looking at an investment, that's just going to be an investment for the next year or two, and then you might be moving, you're rolling the dice no matter what. And I always question anybody who says otherwise. And that's true with the stock market as well. If you're looking for a really long-term investment, like you're thinking like five, 10 years, 10 years, especially, you have a little bit more assurance that it's going to be a smoother ride and at least be able to pay off just because our cost of living goes up every year from a sneaky thing called inflation that I know we see a lot in the news. Um, and inflation is really just, I know we talked about this in the first episode too, it's that your money loses its power over time. Right. So if it was just sitting in your bank account doing nothing, it's actually going down in value because, you know, like our grandparents used to be able to buy a house for like five dollars. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, it used to be so no, cheap but to buy right. a house. <laughs> yeah. And so inflation and, the, and how it's growing over time means that a lot of assets are also going to grow with inflation over time and become more expensive. 
in, in normal terms. And real estate actually is known to be a really good, what we call hedge against inflation or counter to inflation, and that it tends to rise with the, with the cost of living overall. So if you're looking at it from a long-term view, the sooner you can get into the market, the better, because you might be waiting on a, for a long time on the sidelines. Does this concept of um, like inflation infect, um, affecting investments, is that what you mean when you say like the roller coaster of investments is just that like everything is so up and down right now? Yeah, it's a so inflation is one of the major things that are that is affecting the stock market and markets in general. Um, and essentially what has happened. So this is going to be like a little economics 101. All right, we're going to do like a little economics 101 on interest rates. Um, so interest rates is uh, in the U.S., you have the Fed that controls that in Canada, the Bank of Canada. And what those bodies do is they get to decide, you know, how you go into the bank and you put money in a savings account and they give you a certain amount of interest. Or on the other hand, you are borrowing money for a mortgage and you get an interest rate. So the Fed, Bank of Canada, these are the people that are actually deciding what that interest rate is. And what that interest rate is, has a domino effect on virtually every area of the economy. Because think about if you're a business owner and it's costing you more money, it's costing you more to borrow money and to grow your business, you might struggle growing your business because it's more expensive to do that. Or if you want to buy a house and interest rates are higher, you know, it's more expensive to pay for a mortgage because you're paying more out of your pocket. Whereas if interest rates are really low, you're more likely to say, which is what's happened, you're more likely to say, hey, I want real estate because mortgage rates are low. So it's not going to cost me that much to get access to this. So what happened this year really is that the Fed started to increase interest rates after giving everybody a bit of a break after COVID. And that's caused this domino effect in the stock market. We've seen that a little bit in the real estate market as well. Essentially, just everybody's kind of thinking, okay, that's usually a sign economically that things are going to get more expensive and more challenging. So people are a little bit more pausing and thinking about, you know, how they're going to deploy their capital or put their money to work. Does that make sense? Yeah, that was um, a really digestible way to say that. Um, Does that make sense? concept so like we can we can hash it out but if there's one thing you understand about investing in real estate especially having a grasp on what interest rates means this is a big one so yeah let's let's dig in yeah you know what that's something that i never even thought about like who decides those interest rates what are those interest rates dependent on and why do they change so Mm -hmm. um wow i never even thought about that so thank you um yeah yeah i think i was gonna say think about it like a temperature dial you know, like when the economy, things are tough in the economy, the these central banks want to keep interest rates low to encourage people to buy more, invest more companies to borrow, make, you know, have every have everything moving. It kind of lights the economy. And then you want to cool it down a little bit when things start to go really well, because it's almost in a way it can be too easy to make money, which is what we've seen over the last few years. You know, tech stocks went up like crazy. Cryptocurrencies are basically creating money out of nothing, it seems like. And so this is the the central bank's way of saying, okay, we're done good. Let's just chill a little bit. <laughs> Let's dial it back a little bit. So that's a right. good way to think of interest rates. It's like a way to control just how to regulate the economy a little bit on big picture level. Right. So um, your new company that you work at, Willow, Mm -hmm. how does this come into play um, with investing? You know, why would someone go to Willow? What what do you do there? Um, Mm -hmm. Essentially, 
give us the one, the, the, um, the yeah. Willow 101. <laughs> For sure. So what Willow is doing is we focus mostly on commercial real estate, which means that they're not single family homes like just what you're looking to purchase, like a home that you would live in. These are properties that are, you know, things like so many different types, like mixed use is really common where that you'd have a storefront and maybe apartments on top, uh, or you'd have like multi-res. So you have multiple families living in one place, uh, or you get, you know, on the ultimate high end, like a building downtown Toronto with massive bank tenant, right? So there's, that's this whole market, but this is a really expensive uh, market to get into. So what Willow has done, it's kind of, making just, you know, if you were going to buy an investment property with 10 friends, because you don't all have enough money to buy a whole property, it's kind of doing that, but we source the friends. (laughs) So we will bring a property onto our platform and then our clients can buy little slices of the property. The fancy term for this would be called fractionalized investing, which is just a way of saying we take something and split it up into small pieces, like a slice of pizza in a pizza pie right? So the building is the pizza pie, and then we can break it into as many pieces as we want, and you can just take a little slice. So that is so it's it's kind a of like stocks, new concept. right? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm so proud. It is exactly like stocks. <laughs> Killed it. Yeah, exactly. That's like the original, that's the stocks are one of the original ways to do fractionalized investing. And if you want to like get mind blown and like inception into this, like, so is your dollar, right? There's a reason we have cents. So the concept of breaking things up into more digestible units holds this money itself, but doing it in real estate, especially in commercial real estate is relatively new. And there's only a few companies doing it in North America. So this is letting regular people get into a really expensive asset. Like our first property that we brought on is eight and a quarter million right downtown Toronto on Queen Street West. Um, You need to have a good chunk of change to buy that yourself. So, but it produces over $47,000 of rent every month. So that's money in your pocket. So you can buy just a little bit of it. We break it into 100,000 units. So you can buy one unit of it for just over $36. So, okay. So silly follow-up. Joss is mind blown, by the way. I just like Josh's. She's Josh like, what? literally jaw drop. I, okay. I'm genuine. You ask your question and then I'm going to, I'm going to have some follow-up questions. Okay. But my, so, so first of all, $36, what? Second, second of all, so when you said real estate investing, I was like, okay, cool. But then talking about commercial real estate in my head, I'm like, well, but commercial real estate like as you say like a bank taking up a whole office floor like i think about my like my work office building it's half empty most of the time now and and you're not buying it for the same reason or like these businesses aren't buying it for the same reason so wouldn't there almost be like too much real estate now like in my skeptical Mm -hmm. knowing very little only what steph has told me about about investing information i'm like that to me doesn't sound like a good idea because no one's in office buildings but why am i wrong is the question because i know i'm wrong i think that that is a very fair concern right now and what's so interesting about the, the market, real estate stock, what have you, is that what actually happens ends up being so different from what we might anticipate would happen sometimes. Um, and where we have like that one huge bank office building as only just one form of commercial real estate, 
so many different types of commercial real estate. So what's actually crazy is in 2021, there was, it was a record-breaking year in terms of commercial real estate transactions because there has been a shift in the way we're using real estate. So think about one of the major shifts that we've seen during the pandemic is moving towards online retailers. But if you're going to buy from an online retailer, they they need a fulfillment center. They need storage. They need warehouses. They need all these logistical properties. That's commercial real estate too. So there's lots of different space or like right now, another huge thing would be, you know, supply chain sort of shortages, especially with food, you know, like really devastating what we've seen happen in Ukraine, which has been affected the world's food supply. If you look at Canada, which also has massive amounts of natural resources and food makes farmland in Canada more valuable, which is another form of commercial real estate. So there's so many different moving pieces and it's a complex space. Um, And what's interesting too about your gut reaction, like your work building might be half empty. Whoever's the tenant is still obligated to pay rent. So whoever owns that building is still making money. (laughs) Are they going to renew their lease? Maybe not. But I think there's so many different ways. So it doesn't mean every property is a good investment or every type of commercial real estate might be for you and what you you need. But it's the same thing. Are you going to predict the future? Do you want to build a diversified portfolio with lots of different pieces of different types of buildings? And that's what we're helping our clients do as well. So you're not just going to bank on one specific type of commercial real estate. This is so wild to me. Um, I did not even know that this was an option for like in investment opportunities for a like a single person. I just assumed that that was more like high level, like businesses did that mm-hmm. or like corporations. So as someone, um, you know, if someone's listening and they are trying to, like you said, diversify their portfolio, they're getting into investing. Would you say that this is more of like, can this be at beginner level? Or do you think someone needs to have a little bit more experience in investing, maybe try stocks first, maybe someone that is already a homeowner? Or is it easy enough to start investing in commercial real estate if you've never done it before? It's a, I love that question. And what I do love and why I was so excited about joining a company like Willow is it does make it accessible enough for somebody who's never invested in, in anything before. And what's interesting is our client base, we do have some of that, but then we have a lot of also really experienced investors who might have $50,000 to put towards a commercial building. Uh, but they wouldn't be able to buy it on their own. So we have this amazing community where everybody has different skill levels. Um, I think that the biggest thing, and we talked about this last time too, is does the company that you're using have somebody you can talk to to make sure this makes sense for your personal plan? And so that's where, you know, my role comes in and my job now is guiding our clients to make sure that this makes sense in your big picture, right? You know, like, and every everybody's picture is different. What is so challenging with real estate Two big things is that, like we've talked about, really expensive to get into unless you can partner up or you have it in with a, like you said, massive company that's doing this. But the other thing is that it's not typically what we would call liquid, which means that if you buy real estate, you can't take out that out of your account to go buy groceries. You're going to need that money eventually, right? And so it can be in a lot of real estate investments years before you can access your investment 
or, you know, in your case, Joss, looking for a home, you're probably not going to be selling that home and therefore don't have the money that's in there, right? So until way down the line where you do end up selling it or looking for something different. What's unique about Willow, and this is a first, is that we're also going to be creating a secondary marketplace so that, say, Joss and Jen, you each buy one unit of our Toronto property, and then in five years decide that you want to use that money to buy your own home. You can list it on our platform and sell it like a stock to another Willow user as well. So there's, yeah, so some challenges already with the market that we're looking to disrupt as well. And I feel like I lost a little bit of track of what your question was. So let me know if I didn't get it. <laughs> no, no, no. That was that was great. Um, yeah, no, it was essentially just saying, you know, is this yeah. like something that oh, first time right. investors can can do? And you no, know, you answered yeah. you answer my question. That's where I was going with the liquidity. So the thing, the tricky thing with first-time investors is usually you might want your money sooner to do something like buy your own house. So if you're exploring this type of investment, figure out how liquid it is. And liquid meaning, can you get your money out when you need your money? Or are you okay with it being held up for a certain amount of time? So that's a really important concept at any level of investment, but particularly if you're a newer investor, proceed with caution around how easy it's going to be to get your money back. How would you suggest someone find that information? Is it like something on the Willow app that they're able to find out? Or like, how does that information typically accessible? Yeah, so with liquidity, um, most sites that you go to explore investment options, they'll tell you. Uh, and a lot of real estate, especially commercial real estate, one of the reasons it's such a great investment is because it's low volatility which in English means you're not getting those crazy fluctuations up and down. It's not as crazy a roller coaster ride as like cryptocurrencies, which is like, I don't know what the biggest roller coaster in the world is, but that would be the money version or investing version of it. <laughs> so this means that, yeah, so there's a lot less um, up and down with it because it is harder to get your money out. So people can't just panic one day and sell their shares, right? So you typically see longer holding periods. And so a lot of sites, what they'll do is they'll tell you the plan. So how long they plan to invest in that property, have a target sell date, See if that works for you and your plans. And if there's any opportunity to get money sooner, they'll usually disclose that as well. Huh. Okay. I'm I'm processing here. I'm like, do I <laughs> do I invest in commercial real estate? Okay, this is another like dumb, dumb question. As someone no who dumb questions, <laughs> So <laughs> thank you. Um, okay. So if I'm interested or anyone is interested in um, investing in commercial re real estate, can they decide um, the same as a house, location, the type of property, what happens in that property? Um, is that up to them? Or like, you know, or are you essentially just blindly being like, yes, here's money, mm -hmm. just give me like a percentage of a building. And then, you know, like, how does that work? It's so funny, because if I could have given you questions to ask me. Like, this is such a good question because, <laughs> so you're just a mind reader. Uh, we're not actually that telepathic. But um, so if you had, so for example, if you're, if you're listening now and you're kind of thinking, okay, this sounds pretty familiar. The type of investment vehicle that you're thinking of would be something called a REIT or Real Estate Investment Trust, R-E-I-T. That is the way that most people, regular people, get access to a broad basket of real estate offerings, specifically commercial real estate offerings. Um, and so that's kind of like getting like, you know, last time we talked about ETFs 
at how they are like a bunch of different stocks put into one neat convenient package and really beneficial as a way to diversify your portfolio. REITs do a similar thing with real estate. They, you bought, you invest in one company that's investing in real estate and that company therefore puts together a bundle of properties and then you don't get to choose what properties you're exposed to. Um, They have some discretion on how much they pay their investors and those are on the stock market listings as well. So they go up and down a lot with the market. So that's how most people have been ac- have been able to access real estate in the past. Whereas we like to think of ourselves something like a REIT 2.0. So you can actually customize. You can choose, okay, I want a property in Toronto. And right now we're just doing Canadian. But of course, the dream is to go international and go US-based too. So you could have your own personalized portfolio. Say you like stuff on you know, that area, like so Toronto, New York, Chicago. And then you know you have faith in that area because you live there. Um, and so you can get a little bit more personalized. You can say, okay, I only want properties that have tenants for this long because I feel better about that. Or I only want properties that I think will sell for a really high value, you know, so I'm not as concerned about rents. There's lots of different ways you could do it. Of course, like having professional advice there is absolutely critical, but you do get to customize it a little bit more. And it just goes back to that big issue in my industry is transparency. So when you're able to exactly choose what you have, you have confidence that there's more transparency on that. Um, And then you're actually an owner of a part of the building too, which is, I think is just a a cool thing to walk by a building that you own. (laughs) Yeah. That would be so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, wait, hold on. If I'm making a connection here because I like to make connections with anything that I learn about, is this not just real life monopoly? That's yeah, yeah, it is absolutely. It's real life monopoly. You should like, hire me as your marketing people for Willow because I have a great idea now. Wait, I, I don't will even get you to, in touch. To be honest, I never understood how to play Monopoly and have never played it. Well, now you do from Stephanie's lesson. Yeah, exactly. We we're gonna have to play a virtual Monopoly because it's exactly right. You have money, you land on a property. You decide whether or not to buy it. But the goal is to, you know, where the big money in Monopoly comes in? When you put buildings and hotel, like houses and hotels on the property. That's kind of like real life. It's exactly that. That's real life commercial real estate. There's good money in residential, but that's more a function somewhere you want to live. But really big money is in commercial real estate because like we talked about, the rents are crazy. Just like, it's like putting a hotel on Park Place in Monopoly. Somebody lands that once and boom, you're set. (laughs) I feel really satisfied having made this connection. As you should. Thank you. Thank you. No, that was great. That was great. I'm going to have to play Monopoly. Also, side note. So you need like to know things to play Monopoly. This is not a child's game. You need to like know where to invest your money. Well, you know that... You know that based on the value on the board that it tells you, it's like this is two fifty, that one's five hundred. But what's interesting, like about that, because yeah, so they tell you there's the the cost of a property, and like when you're younger, you want the really big money properties, right? Because they're expensive and the rent is higher. Uh, if you're looking at it, me now as an investor, you actually probably just want as many properties as you can afford in as many different spots in the board as you can, right? And that's so exactly one, what we're trying to do. So multiple investments versus one large investment is 
the way to play the game here. Diversify, as Steph has been telling us forever. Yes. So this is exactly, it's exactly like when we talked about why stocks are riskier than ETFs, you know, and this is again, like not saying this is you go buy, you put your whole portfolio in one building, right? Like this should be a percentage of a very diverse portfolio, but you can even make it more diverse by having a bunch of different holdings within that personalized portfolio and holding the asset themselves. And so that's what we're trying to do is get to a point where there's enough properties on here that you can diversify your portfolio as much as possible. And just like a monopoly, that gives you a better chance of success. The more properties you have in different areas, the more likely it is that you'll win. Oh my God. I love having Steph on here because also I just want to say, I, I mean, I didn't really once, I was anticipating to, but I did not have to ask her the definition of anything. She just willingly explained what things were when she was like, liquefy, I know. essentially, what that means. I was like, thank God she said it, because I was going to be like, um, what? And this is why <laughs> she is our resident financial expert on influence. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, I feel like Jed and I could ask you a million, million more questions, but that's what we're part three is for. But, um, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but I did. We we did want to ask you one last question first before we get to the end. Um, mm-hmm. If anyone is you know interested in investing in commercial real estate, um, you know, aside from listening to this episode, what are there any resources you recommend or things people can do to better understand what they're getting into? Um, whether that be checking out Willow, whether that be any other um, suggestion you have, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, I am a fan of our site. Uh, We're still building our content. We're still new. We're in that startup phase. And we're working really hard to make sure that it's a great one-stop shop for education as well. Uh, But the best thing about being an investor in this day and age, it's not the volatility and the craziness we see in the market. It is that we have so much information at our fingertips. There is a ton of blogs. There's, um, There's one that I actually, this is, recently I started looking at, um, it's called like real wealth and it has all these different principles for commercial real estate investing. It's a longer read, but if you're going to read one article, it's a really good one because it goes through the different properties, like what we talked about. Um, but this sounds silly, but just Google and keep an eye on what's going on. But once you've understood the terms, there's a lot of this stuff that isn't super accessible to the average person because it's mostly like we talked about, um, it's mostly companies that do this type of investment. And so they're not disclosing a lot of these numbers the same way that you see in residential real estate, but you can get updates on the markets quarterly, annually, which again, I think is one of the benefits of commercial because it's not jumping around as much. And so it's a really good addition to your portfolio in general, just to stabilize things. But once you get the basics down on keywords, jargon, explore and do your research on different platforms that can give you that access because they should also be able to educate you firsthand. If they can't, go on to a different one. Very cool. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, honestly, though, like Steph explained everything to us. So like, I feel like I know what I need to know at this point. (laughs) No, exactly. I was like, you know, if like, if you want more information than this episode, which you pretty much have everything because she did such a great job, but you know. <laughs> uh, good questions. Good questions are making me look good, guys. <laughs> I'll take it every time. So Steph, you know this, but we like to finish every episode by asking ourselves and our guests something that's currently influencing us. Uh, Joss, I'm going to make you go first because I'm picking on you. Okay. 
Um, so I don't know. I actually don't know if I mentioned this like in a previous episode, but um, I, and this is not a sponsor, although it should be, we should be sponsored. Um, but I am, re- I sign up. I have a membership to Book of the Month Club, um, which I don't know if anyone's heard, but essentially it is this app, this website um, where you sign up. Um, I do the annual membership um, and you get a selection of six books every month and you know, they give you like a thriller, a romance, a historical fiction, fantasy, and you get to pick which, whichever one you want. It gets sent to you. You get credits. They build up over time. So like I'm up to like three books a month. Um, but that is like the easiest way for me to keep reading because as people know, I love reading. Um, I'm obsessed with it. I love my books. Um, and yeah, it just makes it easy. And I just ordered this morning my June books. So that's what's influencing me. Jen, that's so fun, Joss. We should reach out to them for a sponsorship. We like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. One hundred percent. Okay, my my first thought was you read six books a month. (laughs) She reads like seventeen stuff. Like she reads one like a day. Oh my god! No, I don't. I read like I read like two books a month. Probably two to three. Didn't you read like ten books in January? I did. Because she read but 10 I books in January. strong, and now... That's yeah, insane. I did. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Jen. My schedule is not like it okay. was in January, though, so... <laughs> okay, I've, like, barely read a book this year, so, I mean, that's all I have to say. Okay, mine is no, a I didn't bit... read... Wait, I didn't read a book for, like, the last 10 years, so now I'm just making up for time, so... <laughs> Fair it's enough. Fine. You average out. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I haven't read a book since college, so... <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, okay, what's influencing me? Okay, mine's a little bit silly, so bear with me. Um, okay, so my boyfriend and I are planning a vacation for October, okay? And I, so I, I told this to Joss already, but we are planning to go to Disney in Orlando, okay? I've never been. Um, and I'm like joining Facebook groups and like looking and like, we're like really into planning this trip because like, I did not know there is so much to plan about this. Like it's, it's kind of nuts. It's like, you must book your tickets, book your park day, book your hotels, book your restaurants. And I'm just like, this is not a vacation. This is a hundred percent just like (laughs) a thing you do, Um, which is fine. Like I've never been, I really, really want to go. So like we spent like half the weekend, like researching hotels and packages and like calling real estate, not real estate, wow. Travel agents. Yeah. Calling real estate agents for the house I'm going to buy in Disney. Um, Real estate on the mind now. I I seriously do. Yeah. and yeah, it's it's no one told me. It's like a lot to do this kind of thing. Um, and like we're going for like six days. We have like enough, enough. I think a good amount of time to like see stuff. But yeah, I am overwhelmed with the information I have learned about this. And like, yes, I'm going to Disney for the first time at the age of 30. I'm very okay with that. Um, but yeah, it's so fucking much. Like, apart from it being crazy it's a expensive, it's it's a whole thing. So, yeah, I think that's probably what's influencing the, me the most right now. Like, I had to stop reading stuff because I was like, you know what? I don't even want to know. I don't want to plan every single dinner. I would just like to show up and to have fun. That's it. I You yeah. could do it both ways. You could do, like, full-blown full, on, full blown itinerary to all these. Like, get your passes, obviously, to the parks and then just, like, see what happens when you get there. 
it's only as stressful as you make it. it. You're right. That's kind of how I Great feel point. right now. I'm just like, I need to chill way too much. Yeah. I would just like it to be a vacation. Anyways, that's me. <laughs> Steph, what about you? I love that. Me? Um, well, I guess, yeah, since... Since we spoke last, I've actually, I got engaged recently. <gasps> um, oh my God, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so uh, my, I would have to say like lately, and this is on the real estate vibe, my fiance is a total real estate nerd and he is like set up his first rental property and doing all of that. And now he's exploring other options and another place we can do this. So now like we're becoming these really big losers that all we talk about is things like this, but he's also like very entrepreneurial minded. And so I'm learning so much right now, like since my move to Willow and now, you know, kind of like when you start, start like really building a life with somebody, it's like, okay, what is this going to look like? And so I have to say like, if this is on brand for this, but I am heavy into the real estate bug right now and how to create like totally different lifestyle for us. Wow. Wait, so is he into commercial real estate or like, is he like a real estate agent? He is. So actually he is uh, another financial advisor as well. So if you oh guys God. had any so doubt, you, like I said about you how guys cool are going to be we like, were, you guys are this so sad rich for the rest couple of your life. with like yeah. a million properties. <laughs> if he has anything to say with it, I'm here spending all my money on like, like candy and like, no, I, I like, <laughs> he's the, he's the diligent one that does all of this. So thank goodness for him. But he's influenced me a lot just on how to see, you know, different paths to financial freedom, which has been a really cool learning experience. So as much as we're in the same profession, we definitely vibe on different things. So that's been a huge, huge area of influence. And like, I am definitely hesitant to, you know, it's hard to not be the subject matter expert. And hard not to be the one that knows everything. So I'm feeling a little humbled and just happy to be learning with somebody so awesome. Oh my God. I can't imagine anyone knowing more than you. They're just having like a real estate (laughs) at dinner. Don't invite me. That'll be part three. We'll bring Steph and her fiance on. (laughs) Yeah. And we can see see. who knows. We'll ask them real estate trivia and like, who and play like a game investment <laughs> trivia and who knows i was just gonna say it's what? like more it's like family feud but like real estate edition or something and it's like the two of them against each other <laughs> it's <Sorry>. investment dorks edition <laughs> yes it's like the newlywed game but like yeah <laughs> finance, finance version let's do it <laughs> that's amazing uh, yeah we're cool <laughs> <laughs> no it can be so fun um that's so funny Oh my goodness, Steph, thanks so much for coming back on the podcast. It was so great to, to record another episode with you and spend time with you. It's so fun to hear about all this new stuff that you're that you're working on. And like, I'm not kidding. Like, like she is our 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 resident real estate expert that we have to bring back every season. So don't worry, this is yes. not the last of Steph. <laughs> um hopefully she'll come back. <laughs> yeah. With, with her fiance, <laughs> of course. Um exactly. exactly. Um and we'll put Steph's information in the description of the of the episode so you guys can contact her to learn more about Willow if you like. Uh, but thank you guys so much for listening yet again. Um, and we'll see you all next week. Bye. Thanks, Bye. ladies. Thank you for listening to this episode of Influence. 
As always, please find us on Instagram and TikTok at InfluenceThePod and leave us a podcast review on your favorite podcasting platform. See you next week.